The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from feeling like you were losing it, losing control, mood spiraling out of control, losing hope? Have you ever had people think your ideas were out there? If you've ever had problems with feeling crazy, today's your day because we're going to discuss, am I crazy? And what is crazy anyway? In today's world, it's very common to say, oh my God, that's crazy. Oh, dear God, I'm going crazy. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to get help if you think you're going crazy. Get help if people are calling you crazy. But also come to peace with the fact that you're unique and that when we were unique, we need to be able to connect ourself between our world, the world of those around us, and the divine. Today's show is going to help you learn to live with your unique mind, brain, but also be in harmony with the world and the heavens. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. And remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. East Coast Time. You can get this show on your favorite podcast provider as well. And you can join us live with a question every Wednesday, as I said, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. East Coast Time. It's very interesting. I was reading, I read spiritual work every morning. And the rabbi was saying that despair is craziness. Mind you, all of us from one time or another have a sense of despair, hopelessness. How can that be crazy? They say that there's always hope. Always hope. 
that a higher power, or at least something that isn't us, can be present to help us. And that despair is simply a disconnect from that power. All of us can either have brain chemistry disharmony or have so many problems fall on us that we simply can't see our way to hope and to those other power in the heavens or even the support from people on earth. So we become disconnected from people on earth and from support from the heavens. And with that disconnect comes a sense of hopelessness and despair. That if we were to get more knowledge, more information, and connect to support, we would not be despair. And therefore, we would have hope. And that, in that sense, despair or craziness is simply a lack of knowledge, a simple, simply a lack of connection. Therefore, today's show is about crazy. And craziness, from my perspective, is disconnection. We all may be unique. We may all have some eccentricity. I became a psychiatrist simply because I could sit down. I actually wanted to be a surgeon. But my spine fell apart, and as the heavens would be, I could not stand up, so I had to choose a career that I thought could have some connection to the brain, and it became psychiatry. And I didn't like it. It wasn't fast-paced. It wasn't blunt. There was a lot of thinking and clearing of throats. I simply wasn't adept at saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Tell me more about that. I have people who look at me and just think, they think it's, you know, this is not me. There was a woman on the unit, I'll call her Mary, not her real name. And she walked around with gloves, sterile gloves, and a mask all the time. Think about it. She had a surgical mask on and gloves on her hands. And when she needed a pass, to go out of the unit, you had to hand it to her and she put it in her mouth. She lifted her mask and she put it in her mouth and she broke sterile technique. So every day, now in COVID, we walk around with our rubber gloves and our mask. And I think in terms of that person on the unit and am I turning into that person on the unit? Well, The world is in a pandemic, and the normal order has been lost. We have been disconnected from each other because of this horrible virus. And to be safe for the time being, many people feel we must be separated from a mask and from gloves, and we must keep social distance. Social distance, distance, disconnect. And it feels crazy. But on some level, in the midst of feeling crazy, we have found ways of finding order in it. 
of finding hope and finding connection. Because we've learned to connect between us internally, others, and finding hope in the divine. Another form of crazy is black-white thinking. Something is either black or white, bad or good, and it's not a gradation in between. So there are various forms of crazy. Crazy. There is, you can be under the influence of hormones. You can be crazy in love, as Beyonce is saying. Under the influence of testosterone poisoning or estrogen poisoning, you cannot see the bad side of someone and be enamored and infatuated only to find out a year and a half later, oh my God, what did the cat dragon? Why did I fall in love with this person? What was I, crazy? Then we may become inebriated and do horrible things under the influence of an addiction. We may see horrible things to someone, whether it's under the influence of alcohol, under the influence of a drug, under the influence of power, greed, under the influence of the ego. Me first, me first. My way or the highway. But, or we might be crazy by overgiving, by the so-called co-dependence. That it's not me first, it's you first, you first, to the point where you've given crazily so you have nothing left. It's not me first, that's crazy, or you first, that's crazy. It's divine paradox. Me and you can both have our needs met, and that's a divine way that all is well. And then, of course, there is fourth center craziness. When two people are trying to get along and they're arguing, but this is how I feel. And the other person goes, well, you're wrong. This is how I feel. And one of them feels that they have to be right. The way to get along is radical acceptance, especially when you are under the influence of craziness of anger. The toxicity of rage. Someone can be blindly raged and many types of murder you can get off because you have been blinded by rage and commit some kind of unspeakable crime because you were in a, quote, fit of rage. That also is a form of craziness. We may get so crazy about the injustice in the world that we make ourselves sick, sick, sick. Because that kind of, this is how I feel. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. The only way out of that kind of suffering is a mindfulness. Not I'm right, they're wrong. Things should be different. Things should be different. That kind of righteous indignation is a form of craziness because it's not the way the world works. Your feelings is disconnected from the divine order, which how can we see we're on earth in the midst of the human condition? 
And radical acceptance is not saying that something is fair, right, or just. It's perhaps the only way out of suffering is accepting what is. Doesn't mean we can't work on it, but accepting what is. Which is related to willfully trying to change everything, being driven, driven, driven. The kind of blind, blind craziness and vengeance to trying to right every wrong if you've been victimized. That's also a form of craziness. But also overly willing to accept anything that happens to you was is also crazy. Being a doormat. That under-assertiveness willingness is also a form of craziness that is post-traumatic stress disorder that someone might unwittingly put themselves in one situation after another, after another, after another. You'd say, she's crazy. Why does she keep putting herself in those abusive situations? It's just crazy. Then, of course, there is the kind of brain that puts thoughts together in a disorganized fashion. I once went to a wedding and a relative of mine said, oh, go meet my mother-in-law. She's over there. She came from Cuba. So I said, hi, Mrs. Brown, not her real name. How are you? And she said, that, Castro, the cow jumped over the Pluto. And that squirrel over there, the thoughts that she was saying were completely disconnected. They made no sense. That's disorganized thoughts that are incoherent and hard to follow. That's a thought disorder. That's a form of what we used to call crazy, but disorganized thoughts or schizophrenia, which is an injured brain, an autoimmune disorder that attacks certain areas of the brain. But while we're at it, those individuals may hear voices that they don't know where they're coming from. They're not sure if they're a voice from you or me a voice in their head, both, or the divine. In that sense, they're disconnected. They don't know if it's clairaudience, intuition, auditory, meaning someone's telling them, or the universe. So they're truly disconnected. It's truly a disconnection of hearing. Auditory hallucinations, where does the voice come from? And in fact, the auditory areas of their brain are injured. The same for intuition. Someone might say that intuition is crazy. Well, a lot of times someone thinks some, something is crazy if they don't understand it. They used to think it was crazy to think that ma a magnet could heal you. Until, of course, they use now tensor magnet imagery for scans and they use magnets for treatments for dementia, Parkinson's disease, and so on. So a lot of times we think something is crazy that we don't understand because we're disconnected from the facts at large. So the question is, if you have intuition, right brain intuition, where you have an emotional hunch, it's important to have left brain fact to support it. If you have connection to the divine, if you feel, you feel messages from the divine, 
you have to make sure you're connected to people at the same time on earth and that you're also connected to people who can make help you make sense of the messages it's only when you're disconnected from counselors from friends from families that you have what i call a closed system that it's just you alone with the voice that's truly a disconnect and then you don't know from where you're tethered you don't know where the voice is coming from and that in a vacuum vacuum you don't know are you crazy crazed is actually a kind of disorientation in geometry we have three dimensions and of course in the 60s there was called the fourth dimension which is a singing group which we'll get into that i'm writing a book called mystical molecules and i talk about the fourth dimension but three dimensions is x and y which is earth x and y and z which is time when you have an idea a sight or a song or intuition you need another orientation a tether whether it's a counselor a doctor or someone on earth to touch base to connect to to make sense of it otherwise you get untethered and you feel crazy this is how we manage knowledge a coherent way of handling and grounding information i'm dr molisson we're talking about what is crazy if you want to know more about the solutions today's show you want to go, go to my upcoming book mystical molecules if you want to know about another book it's called the feminine the new feminine brain which talks about all thing brain if you ha are feeling like your thoughts are speeding up i'm not making sense if you're hearing voices please 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 go to your nearest mental health center go to your emergency room to make sure that you're not getting untethered because thoughts and sounds without groundedness make you untethered and are not safe. I will go to Thomas, 55. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi. Um, I have problems with um, my emotions get too high um, sometimes, and they, more problematically, they get really low. Um, and very extreme. I can tell you more. And Thomas, have you gotten help from this? Because I don't want to make. Yeah, I've been. I've worked with doctors, psychiatrists, done multiple courses of medication, multiple personal growth work. Um, I have some information, like my H uh, brain scans of complex PTSD. My okay, HGA let me give you an example. Okay, let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. I have narcolepsy from 81 for many years. I had trouble staying awake. I used to be asleep 17 hours a day and it also epilepsy. But at the beginning, they gave me a lot of stimulants to try to keep me awake. They didn't keep me awake, but they made me speedy, which you would say hi. But I wasn't aware of that. And frequently when you're not aware of something, it's very hard to be aware of you when you're in you, your head. So I was working in the blood lab. It used to be called the Naval Blood Research Lab. 
And I had to take a medical leave of absence from school because I was really having trouble reading and writing. It's, it's when you're falling asleep every five seconds. It's really hard to learn. And my grade point average is 2.22. So I went into this lab. I would never sit down because I would fall asleep. And I would keep moving, 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 moving. And I just wanted to be part of the gang. And there were people who had graduated from college who were working there. And I would make muffins and I would move around. I would do all kinds of stuff because I had to keep moving or I'd fall asleep. Are you following me, Thomas? Mm -hmm. And I wanted desperately to belong. And there was a woman named, there named Mary. And after work, they all worked on their Volkswagens and they went camping and hiking and stuff. What upset me, but I was really grateful, was one day this woman, Mary, asked me to her house. And she said, I have to tell you something. And I hope I don't cry. And I said, what? And she said, you're driving all of us crazy. And I could tell she was about to cry. And I could tell that she had drawn the straw, short straw that other people in the lab had elected her to tell me. And I started to cry. And she said, you're so speedy. You're driving us all crazy. And I started to cry and she looked away and I said, thank you. And she went, what? She was horrified. And I said, thank you, because it means the medicines that aren't working anyway are working against me. And then it's making it hard for Peter people to be my friend. Are you following me? Yeah. And I said, now the beginning of my healing will start. Because if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't have known. And so, Thomas, I, in my career, and I'm now retired, I know lots of people who've had bipolar or the mania of MS or even had Graves' disease, where they get used to that peppy feeling of being high. Are you following me? Yeah. And um, they don't like being on any medicine or any kind of state that brings them down. Some of them even want to take a little bit more um, thyroid hormone to feel peppy, because it's kind of an antidepressant. It's kind of like the set point in their brain gets used to being that level. The problem is that me. But in this world, we are not meant to be a person alone, unless, of course, we're the monk archetype. And you don't the monk, although you have a little bit of monkish quality, like the chipmunk that's stuck in this office somewhere. That if you start hearing, gee, 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 it's not a hortatory hallucination. Mm -hmm. There is a chipmunk stuck in this office. I just want you to know. Mm -hmm. And Diane is listening. Diane is the head of uh, Unity Radio, and Diane is always saying I make too much noise. And today it's not me. It's this chipmunk, and I am not having auditory hallucinations. This is not schizophrenia. There is a chipmunk in the office, which is interesting because it is today's show is about craziness, and it is crazy. I suggest to you, mm -hmm. Thomas, that you may have highs and lows, and you may have taken medication, and you may have stopped the medication because it had side effects. 
The question is... It made me brain dumb. I'm, I'm sorry? I couldn't talk for months almost because the medication had such a bad reaction. I understand. The question is... You got to do something. Because your mood disorder... Or like tsunamis. Tsunami are waves in the beach. They go up and down and up and down. They can be destructive. They can knock over houses. They can knock over people. That your moods make it hard for you to be near people and be productive. That's the biggest problem. Right. And when I look at your reading, I see that there's a problem with work. What you do daily doesn't use all your gifts, talents, and skills. And that you have a lot of potential. And people with mercurial mood swings actually actually do have a lot of creativity. And that you actually yep. have a huge amount of intelligence. But the tsunami moods make it hard for you to capture. There's an area in the brain for initiation of motivation called the anterior cingulate. You don't need to know that unless you want to impress somebody in a cocktail party, which I would do it if I were you. The anterior cingulate does not work if you have de- problems with depression. It's mm-hmm. like the ignition key in the, in the car does not work. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you have uh, the ignition key is going on and on and on and you're initiating, initiating, initiating all over the place. And it doesn't help you either because you initiate, but you don't complete it. And you don't monitor, and there's all kinds of mistakes all over the place. So either being depressed or slightly manic doesn't help you either with work or either, depending on what country you're from. Mm -hmm. So it makes it hard for your self-worth and self-esteem, because even if having a slightly elevated mood makes you feel better about yourself, not having gainful employment makes you feel worse about yourself. I think about killing myself if I can't pay my way any longer. Well, then you're going to go to DBT. Mm-hmm. Dialectical behavioral therapy. First of all, after you go to the show, if you think you're going to kill yourself, you, well, even after you get off this call, you're going to go to the nearby emergency room and you're going to say that. No, I've, I've gonna, dealt with it for 35 years and never. Can I tell you? It, I've I dealt with it. a lot of things for 35 years. You keep dealing with it because mm-hmm. if it's your thing, it's part of your wiring for giftedness. There's a book called The Exceptional Brain. And the exceptional brain is what's unique about your brain is your unique genius. You know, of course, that Dostrevsky and all these brilliant people, many of them had bipolar disorder. You know this, of course, correct? Yeah. So they could say, well, you know, I've been dealing with this thing. I want you to think about that, okay? Get help. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you can know the signs and the different categories for craziness. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome back. Today's show has been dedicated to 
the feeling that we've all, all had. We've all felt, felt at one time, am I going crazy here? Am I going crazy? Like today, enter the office and everything down here, I see a chipmunk leave a chair in the corner. It just happens to be the wealth and prosperity area. You know, wealth and prosperity. He runs out of the wealth and prosperity area out from underneath my um, Boston University School of Medicine chair, underneath the Xerox machine, if you can even call them that anymore. So that was once, and I thought, oh, you know, maybe it's the fumes because I just redid my flora. Maybe I'm just, you know, it's called a, it's a delirium. You start seeing things out of the corner of your eye. Whenever you have a visual hallucination, you um, it's usually organic. So I thought maybe it's the solvents because the police, uh, the uh, fire engines were here the other day because of the carbon monoxide things. went. So, you know, it's reasonable. So I came down again, and again I see a chipmunk run out of the wealth and prosperity area from underneath the Boston School of Medicine chair underneath the Xerox machine, which necessitates me turning into a pretzel to try to look the Xerox machine. But of course, I have these rods in my spine. I cannot curve. Then this happened a third time before the show. And so, and the show is about crazy because it's crazy. Why would a chipmunk be hanging out there? I have no idea. So today's show is about crazy and we all experience this. We may be the crazy one in the family. We may be eccentric. There are all kinds of times in which we may be crazy. We may be the crazy one, the esoteric one, the scapegoat in the family. We may be the one who was the person that was somewhat unique, anxious, irritable, blunt, and didn't know how to blend in with the rest of the family, who told the truth. In um, certain religions, one which is Judaism, Yom Kippur each year, they used to have two goats, a goat with a, like a white scarf and one with a dark scarf, S-C-A-R-F. We don't have R's in Rhode Island. The dark, I think it's a, the goat with a dark scarf. The whole gang of people there, of the community, would start thinking about their sins, what was bad about their life in the previous year. Then the rabbi would, in the, in the air, collect the sins, and then he would think about them, hold them in the air, and then he would put his hands on the goat with the black ribbon, the scapegoat. You got it. That's you if you're the crazy one in the family. He put his hands on the scapegoat, and he would push him off the cliff, which is the origin of throwing you under the bus, because we don't have cliffs in every community. We have buses. So they threw him off the cliff, or they throw you under the bus. And that was a way of putting the sins of the family on that person. And of course, the other people are the white goats, and they have another year in which they can be fine. In every family, there's a sensitive one, the person, this is Salvador Mnuchin, the sensitive one is the person who tends to have third center problems, weight, digestion, cortisol. They tend to be anxious and tend to pick up other people's problems and they send them down into their body via their adrenal gland to problems with the immune system, cortisol, weight, body image. And when people stop talking about the problem, their health gets worse. They may actually even 
try to say, hey, listen, this is what's going on, and people don't want to talk about it. They say nothing. See no evil, hear no evil, fear no evil. You're the one that carries it for them. You are, of course, the scapegoat. And when they add up the cortisol in the family, you carry the most cortisol. You carry the, you got it, sins of the family. You are the scapegoat. And when you leave there, what do you do? You do that for all kinds of family. You do it at work. You do it in church. You do it almost everywhere. You simply don't know how to schmooze. People say you're the sensitive one. They say you hold your heart on your sleeve. There's ways in which we can learn how to blend. Like that movie, My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, like you blend. We can learn how to see what's going on in the group of people, a family of sorts. Observe, describe, allow. Why not take it in? That's a skill in dialectical behavioral therapy. It teaches a person who's had a crazy family system where there's black-white thinking. They're right, you're wrong. It teaches you how to not take in those problems in a family. It teaches you how to not reenact a family that invalidates you, says you're crazy. That's not the way it is. It also teaches you how to use a variety of skills based on Tibetan Buddhism and mindfulness, how to soothe your brain when it spirals into irritability, moodiness, and makes you feel like you're losing it. Because after a while, when you do pick up all the feelings intuitively of people around you, it does make your brain fry. It does make your immune system fry. It makes you have mixed emotional states of fear and sadness and anger, which equals overwhelm. You get overwhelmed and then you feel like you're losing it. Losing what? Losing your composure. We'll go to... I will go to Marianne, 36. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Marianne, 36. How can I be of help? Oh, my God. She cannot hear me. Hello? Hello? Hi, Marianne. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I just want to know if I am personally going um, crazy because I moved into an apartment building and I know it's my fault initially because this is the first time I actually moved and ever in my life and I moved into an apartment building alone and to, so to save money, I would... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Back up, um, back up. First of all, nobody can tell you if you're going crazy. First of all, do you understand? Yeah. Nobody. Dr. Phil, if Dr. Phil can't, neither can I. <laughs> that was meant to make you laugh, okay? Apparently you are not laughing. I have failed. Listen, nobody can tell you if you're going crazy. What they can tell you is you have to connect what you see in your mind with what other people in your environment are. And then you have to connect it to an external viewer, someone who has skills and practice 
analyzing these kind of situations. Do you understand? Okay. So you're going to explain this to me, but I, we're not having a physician-patient relationship. I'm not a therapist. There is a wonderful person on Midnights on radio. Her name is Delilah. And people call her from all over the world, and she plays a song that's familiar, that sounds a lot like them. And they have kinds of problems that envelop the craziness of life. But to sort out and help the person connect with and tether their minds to sanity, she almost always have them find a third person, like throwing them a lifeboat, having them tether to a dock, D-O-C-K, to feel like they are connected to something that gives them a sense of safety. So you're going to tell all of us in Radio Land, Unity Online Radio Land, what's happening. And then it's going to help you feel a little bit more tethered. But then you're going to get explain this situation to somebody that's going to help you with this pattern you've had before you even moved into this apartment building. Because buildings with people are a metaphor for what happens to our us with our family. Do you understand, Marianne? Okay, good. So I obviously am making sense because I can tell it in your voice. So you move into a building when? Uh, two years ago, uh, July 1st, uh, 2018. You have your own room or you share a room? It's a, I just share it by myself. I live alone. You share it by yourself? Yes, one bedroom apartment by myself. I live alone. Okay, you live alone. So you have your own apartment? Exactly. Okay. I so live then the, what happened? The, I live in the basement of the apartment building, and to save money, I put the lights off because this was the first time I moved. So to save money, I frequently put the lights off, and I think because I did that, the um, janitor in the building would always spy on me, and I would notice it. Okay, hold on and, a second. Stop, 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 stop. What do you do for a living? I'm doing customer service. Okay. And do you have enough food to eat? Yes. Do you have enough money to get to work? Yes. And most people, they consider electricity a necessity. Okay. Right? Like, for example, your nervous system is an electrical system. You can't turn off your nervous system to save energy in your body. It always is on. Do you get it? Okay. So I don't know many people who turn off their electrical systems, their lights, with the exception of my parents back in the 50s. (laughs) So someone your age, that's extremely unusual. Do you get it? Okay. 
Okay, so I think so, that's no, so, no, wait a minute. Hold on a second. So, so this is the point. So we have a left brain and a right brain. A right brain is divided in two. Half of it is our perspective, and the other half is somebody else's perspective. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. Yes. So do most people compulsively turn off their lights? No. Right, good. So you got in, or are you just saying that to make me feel better? No, no. I Okay, I so you see that that's an unusual thing. You look at the lights when you go out at night, or if you don't. When you go out at night, you see that most people have their lights on, right? Exactly. But you don't. Right? Right. So what happens when people see someone's lights on off a lot? What do they think? They think sus- like suspicious. Something. That's what I assumed. Right. So uh, suspicious. No, suspicious or what? They're doing something like bad or something. See how you go to a suspicious mode? Or the person could be sick. Do you follow what I'm saying? Maybe the person's sick. They've fallen. Or maybe they're always out. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. If you go to one emotion all the time, like some people, it's always mania. Right? So that's bipolar. It's always mania. It's like a car. Brains, in a way, are like cars. Moods have gears. Five basic gears. You got fear, which is anxiety, anger, sadness, or depression, love and joy. If someone has excessive joy, that's mania, okay? If someone has excessive sadness, that's depression. Have I lost you? No. If someone has excessive fear, that can be either panic or suspicion. Are you following me? And sometimes people get stuck in a gear. And that can be a brain disorder. The problem is people don't think of brains like they think of like diabetes. When you're not get enough insulin, that's diabetes. When you don't have enough GABA, that might be anxiety or panic. Do you get it? Right. They just, they don't think of the brain as a gland, which is amazing to me. They just think of it as psych, the 10th floor, nuts. It isn't. The brain is a gland. It's, they used to think people who are epileptic were possessed by the devil. So you see how far we've come from here. Not very much. Needless to say, you, when you see someone who's concerned, your brain perceives that as suspicious. Do you see the difference? And the idea is to find out if that's a gland problem in your brain, a neurotransmitter, or due to a trauma or learned or environment. Because that might, like what I was saying with the previous caller, disconnect you from people who could be helpful. You could imagine if you fell and the lights were always off, and someone was just concerned for you, 
You misinterpret their motives and think they're suspicious when they're really concerned. Do you get it? Right. Or maybe he's suspicious. Maybe you're making um, meth down there. I don't know. You don't sound like someone who would make meth, but I don't know. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I don't know if he thinks people save electricity these days by turning their lights off. It's an uncommon thing. Do you get it? So you're going to have to find out if you have a chemical problem. Because I can't, I can't tell. Nobody can tell. You have to talk to someone about it. Just like someone who um, twitched. You have to find out if it was a nervous twitch versus Parkinson disease. And you know the difference between Parkinson disease and nervous twitch, right? You shouldn't because no one does. It's very hard to tell. One is anxiety and has to do with dopamine. And they have completely different treatments. Do you get it? Right. I'm just curious. One last thing. Is that all that is odd about this apartment? No. Well, the thing is that um, because I because I, because I think they I wasn't using the lights, they would always uh, spy on me. And then after then, he, the janitor would tell then another neighbor in the building to then uh, spy on me. And so now um, uh, they're I don't know they're like planting. Um, they're planting vegetables in bin, like right in front of my uh, window. And I'm just like, I'm getting irritated about that. I'm just like, with somebody let else. Me ask you, let me ask you a question. So this is the question you have to ask yourself. So you have a point of reference of how you think and feel about something. Do you understand? There are times when all of us can get hormonal and think that, oh, they hate me. That's why they're not calling back. And you can get in your head or, oh, they're planting those vegetables there. Or, oh, they're talking about me, right? Mm-hmm. But you have one point of reference, you. You don't have the other person's perspective of what they say. That's two. And then three, you don't have an external person who's an expert that can tell you the situation and what they think. You only have what's inside of you. Do you get it? That's why I say it's important to be connected. The crazy is disconnected. So you can't say if you're crazy or not. All you know is how you think and feel. You have to find out if it's concordant with what's going on with people around you. Have you asked them how they're planning plants in front of you? Have you asked them if they're spying on you? Oh, I already know. It's obvious. I, 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 there's no question No, 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 no. Do you see the difference? No, you don't. No, yes, I do. I know for a fact they are. This is, it's like, they don't do a good job. It's My quite point is, is this. My point is, is this. Then if you know for a fact, right, you wouldn't have a problem asking, right? Oh, I confronted him. No, and no. Do you, didn't it, do you understand that confront versus ask is two separate things? 
I asked him, how long are you going to keep on spying on me? And he denied it. That's he, not the, that's not, no, no, hold on a second. Marianne, you're wonderful. Asking a person, how long are you going to spy on me is not the same thing. That's accusatory. You could say, it's like leading the witness. You could say, um, are you interested in a lot of times in what I'm doing? Is a different way than saying, how often are you spying on me? Do you see the difference? Yes. And he said he's he's not. No, he said he's not, and then he told me to off. Well, that was a beep. My point is, is number one, you have to get help from someone to help you figure out how to manage the situation. Number two, if you even if you were having neighbor problems, that wouldn't have been a way of handling it. Do you understand? Because if someone was busybody in your situation, that's not how you would ask them. Because you're not going to get a positive response. Do you get what I'm saying? Though it may be very difficult in your position, anybody who's spying on you, you say, how long are you going to spy on me? They're not going to say, oh, I don't know, for two and a half weeks or so. They're not going to respond to you in that way. You're going to have to get help with someone to help you with how to handle working and living in an environment. Do you get it and feeling safe? You're going to have to, whether they're looking at you or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. I'm sorry, okay. say that again. It, for me, it, I don't know how I'm going to handle this because it. it did you, say, did you the- hear me say you're going to have to get help from someone to figure out a way of healthily working, excuse me, living in an apartment building. Okay. Is it hard for you to feel safe to get help? To trust someone to get help? Mm-hmm. I don't, it just seems like anytime I tell my landlord, nothing gets solved, so I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ask about the landlord. I said, could you ask someone who teaches skills like cognitive behavioral therapy or assertiveness training, could you ask them how you could work with people where you live to, to figure out how diplomacy to live in diplomacy and feel safe in an apartment building? Could you find someone in some kind of social service situation to help you do that? So you could figure out how to live in any apartment building in harmony with your neighbors. Okay, I can look into that. Have you done something like that before? No. Would you feel, this is why why I'm asking you that. Would you feel safe even accepting help from someone like that?
The yeah. fact that you're not saying readily yes tells me that's hard for you too. Do you understand? You have to get someone in your life who you trust to help you do that. Because something about your brain and your life makes it hard for you to trust and get help for you to do this. Does that make sense, Mary Ann? Yes. What's amazing? You know what I think is amazing about you, Mary Ann? What? That you trusted me. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Why? Why? What is it about me that you trust? Uh, because uh, intuition. Um, the intuition area the intuition area is very connected with fear and sometimes intuitive people can be so fearful they can be suspicious and they don't know who they can trust and not trust and sometimes they mistrust who they should trust and then they trust the wrong people who could harm them. And sometimes they need a guide. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. That's a very common problem. My Aunt Evie used to think somebody up, up the street was trying to steal her cats, her stray cats. Do you get it? Yes. It's, an uncom it's not an uncommon brain problem. I want you to get help. Get somebody in your family to help you get help, okay? Or a friend. I want to thank you thank for you. welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.